Hello, welcome to jasonnewland.com. My name is Jason Newland and this is Let Me, Let Me, Let Me Bore You to Sleep. Please only listen when you can safely close your eyes. And this particular recording has the special bonus of background sounds of Andre the Ferret being extremely creative with some bubble wrap and a dirty old slipper. I said slipper. So there you go. So it's very versatile. He'll make you make a very lucky lady very lucky one day when that lucky lady meets him I think, I don't know it's a little bit distracting if I'm honest I'm sitting in the brown chair this is uh, it's like a therapy kind of chair I want to say that it's sort of similar to the chairs that I used to use when I was a counsellor in you know when I counselled for charities they seem to the therapy rooms seem to have these kind of chairs so they're comfortable but they're not too comfortable you know you don't want something so comfortable so the person is falling asleep which, you know, is a possibility when you've got me talking to you. But, you know, so comfortable enough so your feet are on the ground. Unless, of course, your feet aren't on the ground. And, yeah. It's not my chair, it's my friend's chair. But he donated it towards my recording studio so I can sit in it in there at the moment I've left it in here in the living room because it's quite comfy to sit in when I'm making the let me bore you to sleep recordings I do have this little portable black chair which he also donated again Um, that's in my garden shed in my bedroom A little bit squeaky when I first sit in it, but once it gets used to my, <laughs> I think it's not so much squeaky. It's more the sound of pain from the chair. Like, oh my god, what is this sitting in me? When it gets used to my weight, it's okay. We've got a little, we've got a little, a little agreement. The two things I have to agree before the chair allows me to sit in it the first one is I sit down once I don't keep getting up and down you know so it can kind of balance itself and rest so it can take the, the one hit you know and uh, the uh, you know that's fine the second one is that I don't fart because it's quite an enclosed space 
well it's very enclosed space I mean it's a shed um, with a lot of wrapping it's basically it's like a really really badly wrapped Christmas present the size of a shed but without wrapping paper which would be badly wrapped wouldn't it if it's not if you have I have wrapped stuff with just newspaper before just for the sake of it really just because I thought it'd be funny or A4 size sheets out of a pad shush Andre I have to give it to him today. He's he's done a few little naughty things, but he's been good as well. So he's done a he's done a big poo near the near the door, the front door on the carpet. But that's where he normally goes to the toilet. But I moved the paper to a different place, so I can't really sort of blame him too much. But other than that, he's been pretty good with the paper. He's been sort of getting it on the right place. So that's, you know, he's been good. He's also, because I've spent a lot of time in bed today, I haven't felt very well. Or yesterday, rather. And um, he's been cuddling up to me, sort of sleeping in bed with me. So that's been nice. He doesn't generally do that too much. Unless he wants something, but he didn't seem to want anything. He was just quite happy to... He was scratching. He wanted me to put my hand down so he could grab hold of it. I picked him up. Had a little play, had a little bit of a bit of, bit of a fight earlier on. Biting me and stuff, and then he just went to sleep. He's now having a drink. I don't know if you can hear that. It was, he's, built, he's built up a thirst. And he's moved his girlfriend's, the, the slipper, away from the bubble wrap. Doesn't like the head and the body being too far to get, too close, <laughs> close together. I don't know, maybe he thinks he doesn't want them talking to each other, I don't know. And then about, I don't know, half hour, an hour ago, I cut his fingernails and I'd say nine out of ten times he's a pain when I do that. Wiggles about, sometimes he wiggles about so much that I end up cutting too close and it bleeds a little bit, which is, you know, it's the last thing I want to do. But it's very difficult when you've got this, he's so bendy. And all I've got hold is just one hand. And the other, you know, I've got using one hand to hold one of his hands, and I've got the nail clippers. He's got his whole body to manoeuvre around. So it can be a bit difficult. But today, he just laid there. Let me do it. And he only started moving a little bit near the end. But for the first hand, absolutely fine. I got everyone, every nail clipped, and they were getting very long. Uh, I need should have done it a few days ago, actually, but the 
they've got them nice and short but not too short because there's a black line inside the nail uh, the, I forget what they call it but you need to cut it before that if you get to that bit I think there's like a vein or something and it can bleed and so my concern is first of all it hurts him a little bit it's not he forgets about it like straight away but he doesn't I don't want to call him cause him discomfort but at the same time I don't want him getting infected or anything like that so I managed to cut every single nail nicely really really good it's probably the best job I've, I've ever done of his nails in nearly five years you know he's Apart, I think the only other time is when he was asleep and I picked him up gently I didn't rattle him and I kind of laid him on my lap sitting down in a chair and he was fast asleep the whole time that I was cutting his nails and at one point I thought well, should I take his appendix out see if, <laughs> see if he stays asleep but then I thought, no, because I'm not a vet and that would just be really, really unusual thing to do. Or to even think about, really. Um, but So I, I did his nails and it was fine. So I'm quite pleased with him for that. So he's been quite loving today, the last couple of days. Uh, especially as after I tidied up this room and the flat move stuff around he wasn't happy he didn't like it you know just but everything's you know he seems to be okay now wants to go out I took him out earlier um, this evening or la last night just for it wasn't a big walk but he seemed to enjoy it so you know basically I think he's okay now he's gone off somewhere I don't know where he is he's in the bedroom oh now he's got a new place to sleep because I've wrapped the shed up with bubble wrap there's two throws like big throws that are now inside the door like the main opening then there's a door inside that closes on those so it's like extra filter and those throws are nailed in to the actual shed around the side so it doesn't fall off and then bubble wrapped well he's found a way in there's a little it's like a little den for him that he can go and he goes to sleep in there now he also likes to go around the shed so who knows what he's, what he's up to I mean he might be hiding stuff around there I sometimes wonder where you know, where he gets his stuff from because I was cleaning I was vacuuming the kitchen yesterday and I opened the door because the door is usually like pushed back the whole time mainly open you know and there's all this stuff behind the door. Like bits of tea cake and little bits of food. I don't... 
if I drop anything on the floor, it's going to be bits of, um, I don't know, packaging rather than actual food itself. You know, I've got food, I leave, it's on the plate. And then when it's finished, I put it in the bin. You know, I don't, I don't just scrape it onto the floor. So somehow he must have nicked stuff off plates that I've left in there and just hidden it. Because that's what they do. They hide stuff. So it's always got something to eat. I don't know where else he's got stuff hidden. And I think he's got something hidden behind the bedroom door as well, so I need to I need to sort through that as well. Now he's in the kitchen doing something. Anyway, I got rid of that stuff and behind the door and chucked that in the bin. I couldn't believe it. It's like, what on earth? He's just, he's, he's like got this little, not like a squirrel, because squirrels, they do hide their nuts. Because I used to be really into squirrels a while back, not romantically, just um, when I got ill back in how many different times has there been? But when I when I lost my job in insurance through illness, I was it was like difficult. It's, you know, any kind of illness is difficult, isn't it? I hope he doesn't try and jump onto that table. No. You wanna give me cuddles? You wanna give me cuddles? Go on then. Go on then. No, he doesn't. Um I think this was what, two thousand thirteen and was it two thousand fourteen? Maybe two thousand, yeah, two thousand fourteen, something like that. So I was living on very little money because the the basic ESA uh, unemployment benefit was, I think, seventy pound a week. And I was paying. 63, 73. Yeah, I thought I was paying about £12 a week towards the 76, or was it less than 70, 60? Anyway, I had about £40 a week to live on because the, the rent didn't cover my rent. So my rent was £85 a week for this little room that I lived in, which is actually less than what I'm paying here. So I've got a one-bedroom flat, which, when I'm in a good state of mind, I think is beautiful. Um, I'm very, very lucky to have this, very fortunate. I'm going to start crying in a minute. (laughs) But yeah, I am fortunate. And the the room I had before was eighty five pounds a week, but the landlord had it down as a flatlet, 
like a flat because it had a kitchenette so it's this little room but connected to it was the kitchen which was kind of the entrance in fact I would say the kitchen was about three quarters of the size of the bedroom so this is a very small small place but the kitchen had a sink the kitchen was actually okay to be fair it didn't have a, a cooker it had a one of these camper ovens there was enough room there was a under under counter fridge which was enough for what I needed I mean I'd never had access to a big fridge before like on my own and to be fair even now I don't because I've got a yeah I don't need more than a portable fridge I've got a fridge in my in my kitchen I've got two freezers and I've got one fridge that's on, on top of the counter which could go under the counter so it's the same size and it's fine you know I don't need that much room in a fridge just for me but usually in the past I've had the same size fridge but sharing it with maybe two people or one person or shared a big fridge with maybe six people so it's not you know not always uh, so easy but this so I had this room and the landlord to be fair he was completely honest with me when I, when I said I was unemployed he said they won't give you the full amount um, and I thought well surely they have to anyway I they didn't because it was a shared bathroom if it had been if I'd had my own shower or something and toilet then I would have got the full amount because they pay I think at the time I think they would pay up to £104 a week towards a flat a private flat so if I'd had a flat and it was £150 I'd have to come up with the other £46 or whatever Andre what are you doing you look like you're about to fart I can't believe and he's run away Oh man, that is so rude. He really is. <laughs> you may wonder how I, f how I knew he was going to fart. He was holding a piece of paper saying, I'm about to fart, Daddy. He he he. Smell this. And then he just ran off. That's very naughty of him. Yeah, alright. Sorry, that was just the chair complaining. I didn't make an agreement with you. I made an agreement with your mate. The one in the other room. I never mentioned to you that I... No, we had no agreement. We didn't. He's <laughs> saying, OK, we had no agreement, but can you at least open the window? Shush, you're a chair. You can't talk. And I... <sighs> um... Yeah, so I had to come up with the remainder of the money. And I think they gave me... 
something like £63 towards the rent something like that so I had to come up with yeah 63, 73, 83 £22 a week um, so yeah it didn't leave me with a huge amount of money so it was it was a difficult financially but a little difficult for a while especially I haven't been working and having a regular income and stuff and just wish I'd put a bit of money aside but hey there you go and also had debts and stuff that I had to pay out on telephone bills you know so I didn't have huge money but the thing that got kind of got me through it and it's going to sound a bit strange drugs no joking um, medication but I used to go to the park every day and feed the squirrels but I actually get the proper nuts you know from the uh, I forget what nuts they were I used to get them from the supermarket or from the health food shop like the proper nuts that they like rather than just giving them any old stuff so I went online, researched what the squirrels actually eat and is it hazelnuts? I can't remember but it's been a long time, it's quite a while ago and I used to go into town because I lived near town so I'd go into town I'd go and see my friends in the evolution shop because I used to work there it was a Buddhist shop so it was my friends, Buddhist friends um, also volunteered in there a little bit as well um, and then I'd go to the what's it the park and they'd all come out and say hey JJ Uncle Jay so hello and uh, I'd have these bag of nuts and I'd just walk from tree to tree and I literally hand it to them they just take it out of my hand and I know squirrels were pretty much and always the fussiest eaters but I thought it'd be nice to give them something that's actually what they would normally eat admittedly they could have just picked them off the ground from the tree but you know forgetting that bit they were my friends and however strange it might sound they were my friends for quite a few months I did that I guess but yeah quite maybe a year but for quite a few months I was going into the park feeding the squirrels taking a big bag of nuts and then I started taking bird seed for the pigeons because the pigeons would be flocking around and and I know that again pigeons will eat any old thing but bread and stuff apparently is not great for them so I actually got I found out what the pigeons and birds like 
and so I actually bought some bird seed. So that's what I did. I went and fed the pigeons. I was surrounded by pigeons and squirrels. It was, it was like a big disco. There wasn't nothing like a disco. I don't even know why, why I said that. But, you know, it was lovely. And... It kind of gave my day some purpose. Gave my day probably a bit of routine. Because I'd do that, I'd come home and I would watch Terry and June on television about 3.30 in the afternoon. Or it might be, um, George and Mildred or uh, The Good Life or some like old 70s sitcom that I love you know that it just feels nice watching them might sound strange but it just feels feels really comfortable it, I suppose it is like the old cliche putting on a big comfy condom um, I mean jumper Sweater, or you know, big loose. Don't like tight stuff. The, the problem is with tight jumpers, or whatever. It is I just I struggle to relax because all I want to do is just go and go into the bathroom, look in front of the mirror, and just pose as if I was being. And pictures taken for a glossy magazine. So yeah, I prefer to have big, baggy jumpers. Because of my size, um, I can't really, I have to have quite big, big baggy. Otherwise I feel a little bit restricted. So I, I think like XXXL or whatever would be the right size for me to just really feel loose does that make sense either that or nothing I suppose I could just wear nothing but not yeah I don't really want to do that I don't know it's, it's part of me I kind of I know there's no one around I know that there's I can draw the curtains and you know don't have to answer the door if so, if, I, if I phone someone I don't have to do a video call or answer it with a video call, scare them. But there's something about sitting around with no clothes on. Just have a little bit of guilt. Just, I just, I'll be honest. I feel sorry for the chair. I just think that's just not nice, is it? It's not fair on this chair to put it through that. I mean, I put it through so many other things. It. I can at least wear clothes. Now oh, this chair just said, yeah, and stop farting. I didn't feel it was Andre. You stop. Why is it only me that can hear these chairs talking? So, it's 
quite a kind of a sort of a nostalgic period in a way because you know I was living really carefully sort of uh, financially having to be really 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 careful I was also going through kind of like a bankruptcy at the same time as well as going through the process of trying to get uh, counsel or get on a counsel list as well as going through psychiatric evaluation being told by psychiatrists different things and la 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 you know just so it was a real kind of a weird time and and eventually getting sacked from my job because I didn't t- turn up. The thing is, with the job, right, it was August 2013 when I started to get uh, very unwell. So, and I was honest with them. And I said, look, I've, um, I've been to the doctors, I'm on Prozac for depression that's it and I said just to let you know I've been diagnosed with bipolar back in 2011 didn't tell you about that bit but at the time when I got the job I'm telling you now but I'm just telling you about the Prozac I'm telling you that I'm on medication and I'm you know but I intend to come to work I don't want to have any oh no I didn't say that I said uh yeah, I'm on Prozac and that's it. And about a week later, I said, look, I need some time off. Can I take some holiday? Because I'm just really struggling to come in. And I think my nan had been... My nan was unwell at the time. Because she had... um, trying to think I'm sure in the period of me working here she broke her hip and she had uh, sort of breathing problems as well so she was in hot she was very elderly so that 95 94 95 something and so I guess I was worried about her and other stuff you know And the the place was about to be made redundant. They were trying to, like, they were laying people off. It was all weird. So anyway, I had, I took a long weekend off. They let me have five days off. Sort of as a holiday. So you can have those out of your holiday, you know, try and have some rest and stuff. So it's really nice of him. And I did that. And I didn't go back. Um, I never went back like properly at all and got signed off by the doctor but I did try and go back twice you know I actually went into the office twice to try and get back to work and both times I couldn't go in after I went in and then I then I had to leave and uh at one point they actually sent me a letter saying 
you had a disciplinary for not turning up for work or for having too much time off. And I, uh huh. And they said, You didn't, we sent you a letter that you had a disciplinary. How can you give someone a disciplinary when they're ill? It's like, Really? Telling someone off for being ill? And they said, uh, Sent me a letter saying, Because you didn't attend, I sent them an email saying, I'm, I'm, I'm unwell. I can't attend a disciplinary meeting. That's the last thing I need to be going to right now. If you think about it logically, if you kind of give it a little bit of brain cell activity, don't you know? I'm not sure if I could. I'm really in the right space to be being told off and explaining myself and trying to justify you know what's going on so they sent me a letter saying we've dismissed you so because you didn't turn up you have just been dismissed so I called the mum and said what are you doing (laughs) what are you doing so this was probably um, October probably October time, 2013, and I said, "What's what's what's the crack, Jack? Why are you why are you laying me off?" They said, "We well, didn't turn up." I said, "Because I was ill, I, you know." They, I said, "Can't you? Couldn't you speak to me on the phone or something? Can't you? Are you really going to lay me off for being ill?" And it's really weird talking to me I think gave them the impression that I was a human being or maybe reminded them that I was a human being that they were dealing with not someone that they didn't have to look at face to face so it was sort of just a just a name just you know but when they actually dealt with me on the phone they didn't want to sack me so they gave me another chance they gave me a date to come back. They were going to ease me back in. And I was up for that. Because I wanted to go back. I didn't want to be unemployed. And so I went in. Very strange because I didn't realise, but the friend that I had in there had told everybody that I'd had a breakdown, which was not great greatest thing to everyone to be knowing it's private isn't it the, about that and uh, so I was a little bit a little bit miffed about that slightly but I let him get away with it and so I went in and they put me in a different team I was in a completely different team to the one I was in before which was weird because suddenly I'm sitting next to people I've never even worked with before which was kind of the opposite to what I needed really it was good in one sense but it was it was new and but the, another way is like well I quite like to be next to my friends but you know so I sat down 
just in that period of time that I hadn't been there, loads of changes had happened. They got new contracts, they got new, I think even new software on the computers, different ways of doing stuff. Very complicated computer system. They're basically using a really old style system that I used back in 2001 when I first started doing insurance. They was, I think it's called CDL. They were still using it. But because it didn't work in the way that they needed it to, in the way they needed it to do different things that it wasn't supposed to be able to do, it meant going back and forward and all around the houses, taking a scenic route to get to where you wanted to be. And so they're just pressing a button and it going where you want, which would be like an up-to-date company would do, I guess. You know, the computer system should be easy for people that are on the sales, on the phone, because it's about the customer. It's about, you know, what's a knee? You know, you know, you know. You might not know, but you might know. So I'm thinking, oh, on earth's going on here? sitting next to this bloke uh, and he's been really friendly and everything and I said well first of all he got me a chair and I sat in it and the chair collapsed so everyone in the whole building not only were it was like the second time they were all staring at me (laughs) it was like okay well almost stuff I kind of got this I know it wasn't said, but I almost heard, oh no, he's having another breakdown. (laughs) Well, the chair's caught it. The chair's now breaking down. So, um, I couldn't go back. Couldn't go back. I tried again. And I couldn't go back. So I tried... three times to go back one I just couldn't get in the building second time I think I got in the building and the third time I got in the building and stayed there for a day or I might stay there for a day and then the second time I stayed there for an hour or something yeah so and I kept telling them I wanted to go back and then I said, can't you put me in a different department? Can you put me in an administration department? Uh, administration or administration? Administration or administration? Can you hear that car in the background? It's a van. Every day, six o'clock in the morning, sometimes earlier. It's too early to be making noise like that. <laughs> I um hear that? So what people do they park, they drive halfway up the road, and then they they back up into the school and then drive back the other way again. So we get to hear it twice.
you remember the film, you might not know this, but there's a film called Scanners from the 80s. If I had scanners, there'd be a lot of exploding cars. That's all I'm saying. So I... Yeah, so I was I was hoping that I went on um, to start with. I was on normal pay. I think for the first couple of weeks, and then as soon as I put a sick note in, I was on reduced statutory sick pay. And it's weird because as the months went past, it got less and less, less and less, until February 2014, they sent me a lovely letter saying your employment is terminated. Now, I I don't know if if that's even legal. I'm sure that it must be. They wouldn't do it if it wasn't. But I think it shows the difference of in maybe the law or people's opinions of physical and mental illness, the difference. Because if I'd have had a, a physical, serious physical illness pretty sure they wouldn't have sent me a letter I'm pretty sure first of all they wouldn't have tried to pressure me to go back or tried to sack me for not attending a disciplinary but I'm pretty sure they wouldn't have sent me a disciplinary you know uh, your dismissed letter after what was it August, September, October, November, December six months I know six months is a long time to not be working if you're employed somewhere. But I mean I would say I mean, it's, the job had a lot to do with what, what made me ill to start with. Because the environment was just the most negative environment I've been in. Rightly as well, because it was horrible. It was really <laughs> um, it's awful. But I really liked the company. I really liked the people I worked with. And I have done pretty much of every job of every insurance job I've had. Also, every sales job I've had, really. I've liked the people I've worked with. Not everyone, obviously, but I can't like everyone. Well, I can't. You might be able to. I generally get on with most people. And in a sales environment, because I've always been able to hold my own, um, although I've been advised not to do that uh, in other employments, the... and a few disciplinaries with that one. And... I guess people treat you a bit with a little bit of respect if you're 
their, if they see you as their equals, or maybe you can even do a better job than than them, or equal to them, possibly. And I've found people that work in sales are usually pretty cool. And I've worked with hundreds and hundreds of people over the years in sales, and I've got on with pretty much every single one of them. Even the ones that didn't like me when they first met me ended up like, well, being nice to me. You know, so it's. I feel, yeah, it's, it's weird. Well, it's not weird, but. I didn't want to lose that job because I liked it. But the place closed down anyway. The, the buildings are now being turned into flats into apartments you know private accommodation the company just pooped so you know I suppose it was a case of I got laid off and a year later the whole company went pretty much so I got laid off and then everyone got laid off And then I tried to get a job a couple of years back with my old boss who was working there. And I went into the place that he works at now where he's the sales manager. And uh, we were sort of trying to sort of... I went and spoke to him and said, look, can you give me a chance? You know, I'm good at what I do. And he said, yeah. I said, but... I don't know, I think he's... I just don't think he trusted that he was a bit wary, which is understandable. A bit wary of me, and... I think he found me a little bit of a handful at times. Although I liked him, you know, but he, um, he was a micromanager and really doesn't suit me because I know, well, I don't always know what I'm doing, but if I don't know what I'm doing, I'll ask. I'm a very, very uh, verbal person when it comes to that. I will ask. I don't like the idea of blagging. You know, I don't like the idea of making something up, especially not with, with a customer. You know, customers asking a question. I want to tell them the truth. I want them to be completely transparent and open. It's, uh, I think it's important. But it got to the point where it was, you have to ask questions in a certain order and ask them in a certain way, verbally, in exactly a specific way. And that doesn't suit the sales process because you may as well just have a computer doing it. 
you might as well have someone, what is your name? You know, they have some recorded message and just fill in the gaps. And that's... didn't really suit me because my whole style was talking and I was the again highest converter but I had the longest phone calls I'd be on the phone for an hour sometimes so I didn't always get the most sales but I had the most sales per quote and I pretty much had that everywhere I've ever worked because I take the time well, I tell you, I used to take the time. And I would happily be on the phone for an hour. Where other people might be on the phone for, for like seven minutes. And I'd be chatting to them and I'd just, you know... It's building that rapport up. To the point where some people would just pay, they'd buy it anyway. They'd pay the, buy the insurance even if they didn't... Even if they had a better price, sometimes they'd just come with me because they liked talking to me. Or sometimes I'd just keep talking and they just give up. I'd say, okay, just take my card number. <laughs> I'll just wear them down. But with kindness, with kindness, of course. And... maybe maybe I miss it a little bit I do so when I talk about it sometimes I think oh I'm talking about it like it was good times so maybe it was Maybe it was good times. Uh, I remember in that job there was a weird time when the whole place was, it was basically when I first started the job in the December, during my training, I think it was two weeks or three week training, they came round with a, I think it was a letter, because we didn't have our own emails at that point, so because we, we were in training, a letter to say, by the way, the company's been sold to an American, um, I forget what they're called, but a financial company, you know, one that's just money, they basically just bought it bought it and they're going to break up the company it's a hedge firm or something like that uh, so yeah so that was like oh, okay and they started to I think they sold part of the company to another company and they didn't know if they were going to keep the housing and the car insurance together they they had a specialist department for I think motorcycles and they sold that so that whole department closed and everyone left 
and they, some of them might have moved to a different part of the country. I'm sure they had a department for caravans as well, but I might have made that up. So there was the bottom floor, which was like the basement, but had loads of people working there. They all left. Or, you know, left, you know, for good. And then the top floor all left as well. So there was only one floor, which was mine. And it was still a big floor. There was... How many cells? There was one, two... One... One, two... I think at one point there was three sales teams. Maybe three... Yeah, three sales teams... There was the. There was another sales team that was outbound, so they used to call people up. So my my job was answering the the phone to people calling in for a quote, although they didn't always call in for a quote. Sometimes they were calling in to complain or calling in to renew or calling in uh, because they needed. Administration done, you know, like I needed a, a cover note sent, or maybe even had a claim. You know, sometimes it end up coming through, so we transferred them to the right department. And then there was renewals, which was literally behind the seat where I was at. There was a table renewals there, and next to them, a bit further up, was the outbound. They got paid a lot more. But they had to call people up, chase up people that already had quotes online or people that had done quotations with us but not taken a policy out. So they'd phone them up and also people that didn't want to have, that said no to having the renewal. So they'd phone and they'd have the power to reduce the price by quite a lot. And my the argument would be kind of well why don't you give us that if you're going to offer them 20% discount to get their sale so why don't you offer it to us and the renewal department for us to use it as a last resort you know not to use it straight away as you know but you know they listen to the calls anyway so you could listen to it and see that we didn't suddenly say by the way here's the price it includes a 20% discount. But here's the price. No, I don't want that. Let's see what I can, you know, just... Bearing in mind, the, the bonus was based on the amount we sold in that in that company. It was like a per, like really tiny percentage. But it still was based on the amount. So if you sold, I don't know, 50 grand's worth of insurance a week... Maybe earn, <laughs> I don't know, hundred pound um, bonus, or hundred eight sixty pound bonus, or I don't know, something like that. I'm, I'm making it up. I, I don't know what the stats were, but the um, 
Yeah, that's weird. I'm thinking about that place. I'd, I'd, I'd probably still be there, you know. If it hadn't been for... It's like anything, isn't it? If it hadn't been for what happened, I'd still be doing what I did before I did stop doing it. But the reality is I wouldn't still be there because the place doesn't exist anymore. Oh. But the squirrels, they really helped me get through a very strange period in my life. Very strange. But almost freeing, but strange. It was very weird. A weird time. But in some ways, a nicer time than currently. Well, in a lot of ways, a much nicer time than current. But... Uh, just it's, it is what it is, you know. Things change. I miss my squirrels, man. I miss them. But then I got this little, <laughs> this little monkey. I can just see him. He's asleep. As you see the top of his head sticking out of my, boy, his little bedding that he's got. Who'd have thought? Seriously. Five years ago. And it's literally five years to... Not the day, but it's Easter. It's bank holiday this weekend. Bank holiday Monday, Good Friday, Saturday, Easter Sunday, bank holiday Monday. I came to look at this flat the Tuesday after the bank holiday Monday five years ago so it's nearly five years to the, to, to the day that I first looked at this flat and signed the contract five years and then I was living here a week later Actually, I think it was two weeks because I had to, I had, to, yeah, I had to take the keys and move in by a certain date. But when I came to move in, there was no electricity, there was no gas. I didn't have a cooker, didn't have a fridge, didn't have anything. And because I didn't have, all I had was a single bed and a few books. And a chair. That was it. I had no furniture. Um, but very little, little stuff at all. In fact, I rented a van, like a removal, a removal van, to move my stuff. And they were laughing because there was three men there to help me move. And I said, "Why are you laughing?" They said, "Well, you just paid us all this money, and we could have done this in a little van." We'd done it in a car, and we didn't need three people. Although it needed a couple because of the chair, it was quite a big chair. I said, yeah, it's here now, just shut up and do your job. He said, what do you say? I said, I said, I love you. He said, okay, love you too. 
and that's it just moved in put my bags up here and put the bed out in the bedroom there's no carpet no table no just one chair I had nothing in here apart from a few bags you know clothes and some books laptop little television um, yeah that would pretty much be everything a few bit you know yeah just very little stuff very few bits and yeah. I think it's gone quite well yeah. in some ways it's taken five years but I got the place okay do need another carpet book collection is a lot better than it was back then I've done hundreds and hundreds of recordings in that time probably nearly a thousand recordings maybe not a thousand but 370 470 570 670 870 yeah probably getting on to a thousand recordings maybe 900 yeah it might be a thousand in those five years because I think when I moved in here I had about 600 recordings when I first moved in here before I first moved in it, so in that time, so for 11, um, from 2006 to 2015, so nine years, I did 600, the last five years, I've done a thousand, so yeah, what about one, yeah, it's got to be, 1,600, maybe even 1,700 now because I, I lose track a little bit because I've done so many so yeah I suppose it's quite a good thing and even now, even though I've not been particularly well the last uh, just for a period of time I'm still you know, managing to do some recordings and do a little bit of website stuff and you know but I only do it when I'm feeling okay you know, I've, I've <laughs> I tried to do a recording a few days ago and I, I think I got 15 minutes in and I just stopped and just deleted it because I just couldn't and some of it was quite funny as well but well to me Never mind, never mind. Oh, today, oh, I'll leave on this. I applied for a job in the NHS, in the hospital, for a an urgent um, worker during, well, it's, it'd be paid, paid but it's be non-clinical so I'm guessing well I don't know but maybe 
administrative or who knows it could be cleaning I don't know but uh, I've applied anyway I filled the form online about six about five days ago but I didn't have my CV updated and I kept trying to find free forms and three ways of doing it for free without signing up for anything and I couldn't and it was annoying me uh, so in the end I just uh, last night I subscribed to Office so I got all the Office Word and all that stuff and uh, plus it's a terabyte of uh, of what's it as well storage so I'm going to store all my recordings onto there as well so that's an extra place that it's all stored so I was able to redo my CV and I uploaded that onto the application and submitted it about 4.30 yesterday afternoon because they kept sending me emails saying do you want to complete it would you like to still uh, you know apply for this position and stuff so I thought they're very short staffed at the moment especially and I wasn't able to volunteer because they for some reason they didn't want me to volunteer they sort of gave me my my, vol my volunteer app application got rejected they said we we can't identify you how can you not? I sent them a picture of my passport. You know, in in the application. So oh, that's a bit strange, but anyway, maybe they'll do the same this time. We can't identify you. They could identify me when I volunteered for them before. A few years back, I went through the whole process, had an interview fill the forms in um, not sure if I did a criminal check or not but they gave me blood tests and I also gave me immunisation because I wasn't immunised for um, I think measles which I didn't know so I, I wasn't properly immunised when I was a child I had all the immunisations when I was at high school, so I did all those, you know, the sugar lump, um, is that for scurvy or something, and, you know, the, the injection in the back of the arm, which was for TB, yeah, TB or something, so I was covered for that. But the injections as a child, I never had. I didn't. I wasn't vaccinated. So before I was able to be um, able to work in the hospital, a volunteer, I had to be vaccinated. So I had to test me first to see if I was covered, and they could tell from my bloods that I wasn't vaccinated. So they vaccinated me, and then I had to wait for. I think two weeks before I was allowed to volunteer until the, the vaccination took its 
place or I don't know, whatever. I can't remember, but yeah. So all my life I've been walking around not vaccinated from, I think, I don't know what it was, maybe smallpox or chick, uh, I don't know what the some of the immunizations are for. I'm like, I got chickenpox when I was a kid, but you don't get immunized against that anyway. Maybe you do now, but we didn't when we was kids, because all my brothers had it, and I was looking forward to getting it, because I had, well, it's great on quite a few levels. It was snowing outside. I had probably a good week or two off work, off work, off school. My brothers were around, and we were all getting on with each other for some reason, because we were all happy because we weren't at school beautiful outside covered in snow plus I got to scratch myself and not get told off so it's it basically it's a win-win situation and I used to get tonsillitis a lot but I'm not sure what the vaccinations were for I, I think measles I think it's one of them but I'm not sure what the other one but anyway, I got vaccinated anyway for everything uh, that I was supposed to have already been vaccinated for when I was a what, small child. Isn't it weird? It's like, didn't I have parents? <laughs> Where were they? <laughs> didn't we have doctors in the 70s? Why wasn't I vaccinated? So, yeah, that was weird. It's like, wow. I am now so hope you know so I couldn't understand why the NHS couldn't recognise me or identify me when I've already volunteered with them I've been at the same address for five years nearly same national insurance number same you know what I mean perhaps a little bit less hair on my head than I used to have but I don't think that's a criteria for for uh, employment not even voluntary unless of course you're advertising you know you're getting employed to advertise shampoo or something I don't normally employ bald people do they anyway on the note of uh, fading hair I'm going to fade my voice and say goodbye Wish you a really relaxing day ahead, a nice sleep, and remember to do something nice for yourself. And that's it, that's the end of this recording. So remember to be kind to yourself because you do deserve, you do deserve to be happy. Lots of love. Bye bye. Ta ra for now. Ta ra.